Gosh Pods, pediatric educational podcast series from Great Ormond Street Hospital. Gosh Pods are brought to you by the Gosh Learning Academy. Welcome to the second podcast episode in our research series. My name is Sarah Cook and today we have the lovely Deirdre Layden back with us again. And we're going to be talking about how to carry out your patient and public involvement and engagement and some helpful hints and tips. Welcome, Deirdre. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for coming back. So um, shall we just jump right into um, some of the ways that you can advise on carrying out your PPIE? Yes, of course. Um, So if we go back to the start again and think about um, a researcher and their original research question or topic, and just ask yourself, is this of benefit to patients and families? And have you considered the view of the patient and their family and carers or the public in your research. So this is where you start clarifying the research question and affirming its importance. So if not, then how do you do that? And how do you ensure their voices are heard throughout the research process? So as I said in the previous podcast, a simple conversation or a check-in can be the first start with all of this. So where, if appropriate, after a clinic appointment, um, you could have that conversation, but take into consideration that this should not ever be a burden on patients or parents. And you might ask if it's okay to send them a short questionnaire or a link to a SurveyMonkey, your research question. So pre-COVID in the future, you might possibly use um, a drop-in session in the clinic area, for example. So that's quite good for face-to-face and finding out if people are possibly interested in attending what I'm going to move on to now and speak about, which would be a patient of public involvement focus group. So that's the sort of beginnings, um, just to have that initial conversation. And it's not complicated. It's just touching base with people um, who are involved, hopefully, in your research, just see what they think about your research question. So moving on, you can think about running a PPI focus group. And this is to look at the research question further and plan for the research in more detail. So what is a PPI focus group? So focus groups essentially are used to explore beliefs and perceptions and attitudes about a certain topic. And the discussion starts out broadly and gradually narrows down to the focus. It's not a rigidly constructed question and answer session, and it often runs for approximately around two hours, but it could be around one and a half to two hours in duration. And typically it consists of between eight and 12 people with a moderator or facilitator. And the moderator focuses the discussion in a non-directive manner and allows everybody to have their say. And focus groups can offer unexpected insights and people are often less inhibited than in individual interviews in a focus group. It takes time and effort and planning. And remember, people may be willing to give up their time, but you need to make sure that you have enough time to do all that planning. I always say to researchers, do not leave the involvement until last minute. And that includes planning for your focus groups. Online PPI focus groups we found throughout the pandemic and pre-pandemic do need some tech help. Don't do them on your own. And we have run last year um, some online PPI focus group training, and we'll be doing that in the future as well. And I mentioned the researcher handbook that's coming out um, over the summer, which will help you all always, um, which will help you also. But you can get in touch with me um, for a one-to-one session on how to run a, a focus group, and I can help you with your agenda planning, etc. Be. So again, let's not get confused between involvement versus participation or service evaluation. And it can be challenging to distinguish um, between the two. There is a distinction in the language. 
So what's the difference between a PPI focus group and a research focus group? So in the PPI focus group, there's the patient contributor versus the research participant, which would be a research focus group. So the PPI focus group is a tool for patient engagement versus a qualitative research method for data collection, which is something entirely different. So PPI focus group contributions are not treated as research data, but instead they help make decisions that shape the research process. And it's a way for patients to help plan research projects and make suggestions to improve future research. So the researcher draws from people's lived experience to inform aspects of research or decision-making. You should write up your findings from a PPI focus group, but they are not research per se. They are contributing towards the research itself, helping to shape a planet. I hope that makes sense, Sarah. Yes, uh, definitely. I think uh, I can see how people would easily get confused, but you've made that really clear. Absolutely. And, and it's nothing to worry about. Um, the help that we give people with their PPI and when people come to me and talk about their research plans and their project, can delve into that a little bit further with them and draw out what it is they want and help them think it through. So the other way to do your PPI um, could be an online questionnaire with people or a telephone, Skype or Zoom interviews. And I know we've all become very up to date with um, Zoom technology over the pandemic. And we think about our PPI throughout the life cycle of the research project. So from your PPI focus group, you may have found that there's a couple of people perhaps who are interested in becoming involved throughout the life cycle of the project. And so you may want to form a PPI steering group committee, but have a think about this also in terms of costing and time and training for people so that they know what's expected of them. So what's a PPI steering group committee? So it does what it says on the tin, basically. It guides or steers a piece of research or a project from each stage of the study, from the design, designing the detailed protocol, recruitment, how to enhance the research participant's journey, and here we have the participant men mentioned again in a research trial, to production of easy to understand patient information. So information and consent forms, lay English and analysis. So influencing the way research findings are put into practice also. So if you look at your timeline and highlight when you will involve the PPI steering group committee, that's a good way to start thinking about this. And researchers often acknowledge their involvement at conferences and presentations or, for example, co-production of research papers. However, you should carefully consider whether this is the most appropriate approach to take and whether you think this would be the best setting in which to involve patients in your research. Would you or your team be better setting up a separate lay advisory group? So a lay advisory group would just focus on the PPI input to your research. So the other thing I just wanted to end on, Sarah, was just thinking about the advisory groups that I mentioned that I run um, at GOSH. So we have the Young Persons Advisory Group and the Parent Care Advisory Group at GOSH. And I can help people think about whether they'd like to access those groups and also think about linking in with condition-specific charities as well. So reaching out to them when you're doing your involvement. But I think I'll end there on the YPAG and Parent Care Advisory Group because we're going to speak to um, a member of the YPAG in our next podcast. Just, so she'll be telling us a lot more from the patient and young person's point of view about what this group does and how it helps researchers with their involvement. Thank you so much, 
Deirdre, that's uh, an incredible summary of um, how to get into your PPIE. And I really look forward to the next podcast where we get um, a young person in to give us a bit more insight on the YPAG group. So that's all we have time for today. Um, if you do have any questions at all or want to get involved in any research, is there a contact um, email? Yes, absolutely. If you use the research.ppi.gosh.nhs.uk um, email or my email, deirdre.laden.gosh.nhs.uk, I'll get back to you. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, so we hope to see you in the next podcast in which we'll be talking with a young person about the advisory group. Take care and thank you so much again, Deirdre. Thank you. Really looking forward to introducing one of our members of the YPAG group to you in the next podcast. Thank you for listening to GOSH Pods. If you would like more information on courses and educational opportunities offered by GOSH Learning Academy, please visit the website at www.gosh.nhs.uk and search Learning Academy or follow us on Twitter at GOSH Learn Academy.